This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From London, this is The Standard Podcast, and I'm Mark Blunden. Baroness Moan has admitted she stands to profit from a contract between the government and the firm PPE MedPro, but insisted that she and her husband have no case to answer. The Conservative peer confessed to lying to the press as she repeatedly denied her links to a company that made millions of pounds during the COVID pandemic. It all stems from PPE MedPro being awarded government deals worth more than £200 million to supply personal protective equipment after she recommended it to ministers. In a scandal first revealed by a Guardian investigation, Mona's admitted being a beneficiary of her husband Doug Barrowman's financial trusts, which reportedly hold around £60 million worth of profit from the deal. The peer launched a public defence after the controversy around VIP lane COVID contracts and spoke with her husband Doug Barrowman to BBC One's Sunday with Laura Koonsberg. Doug You led this consortium, you've made tens of millions of pounds out of it for your family, but your name's nowhere to be found on company's house when it comes to the business. And Michelle, you've said repeatedly you didn't benefit financially, except you've also admitted today that in time, your families may well benefit from huge amounts of money. There's a pattern here of time and again, trying to hide what really happened. I'm not here today to defend my record on why I am a private person and don't want anyone in the press to know of any business activity or anything I get engaged in. But Michelle, it does feel like the truth has had to be dragged out here. Not really, Laura, because the only thing I'd say to you is the only error that I have made is say to the press that I wasn't involved. And there's more. I don't honestly see there's a case to answer. I can't see what we've done wrong. Um, Doug and the consortium have simply delivered a contract a delivery contract of goods. But after everything, you can't see what you've done wrong when you've admitted today that you lied to the press and by extension you lied to the public. Laura, saying to the press I'm not involved to protect my family, can I just make this clear? It's not a crime. Moan claims she and Barrowman have been made scapegoats for the government's wider failings over PPE, saying she was protecting her family and they've been vilified. 
The Baroness has now taken a leave of absence from the House of Lords in the hope of clearing her name as the scandals deepened. The Department of Health and Social Care has also issued breach of contract proceedings over the 2020 deal on the supply of gowns and there's an NCA probe. To find out more, we're joined by Evening Standard Health reporter Daniel Keane. Dan, can you refresh us with the background to this scandal? At the beginning of the pandemic, the government was desperately trying to source PPE for doctors and other healthcare workers treating COVID patients on the front line. Obviously, because we hadn't prepared properly for the pandemic, there was a shortage. and You had a lot of people dying on the front line as a result. So usually with any kind of government procurement, there's quite a lengthy process. But obviously, these health workers needed gowns and masks quickly. So the government created VIP lanes to sort of expedite this whole operation. Medpro was a newly formed company that won two contracts to supply this PPE. The first was for about £80 million and it was to supply 210 million face masks. And the second was about £122 million and it was to supply 25 million sterile surgical gowns. So that's where this all began. And so Michelle Moan comes into this slightly later when the government publishes the MedPro contracts as part of transparency rules. And it's The Guardian that, that initially reports links between Michelle Moan and her husband, Doug Barrowman, and these contracts. They both emphatically denied this at the time and threatened to sue pretty much everyone that was reporting on it. And as we now know, that has come back to bite them as it's revealed that they have lied. And what do we know about PPE MedPro? MedPro was part of what was one of a few companies that, as we mentioned at this time, had popped up saying that they would provide, miraculously provide hundreds of millions of masks and gowns and other kits that was needed by doctors and nurses on the front line. But actually, a lot of them didn't have any experience. So MedPro was only set up, I believe, in the spring of 2020, so after the pandemic. So it looks a little bit kind of too good to be true. You have a pandemic, you have a huge need for PPE and ministers need it fast to stop bad headlines from spreading. And then suddenly companies pop up that can get it very, very quickly. Now, what transpired was these companies were not, including MedPro, were not actually experts at sourcing PPE quickly. When a lot of this kit arrived, doctors put it on and were like, this is completely unusable. So we ended up spending a huge amount of money without actually getting anything that was valuable to frontline workers. What were your health contacts telling you about a lot of this uh, PPE they were getting when hospitals were so desperate for kit? Well, it was terrible. And, you know, this this was a time where there was no other real kind of mitigation strategy for infection in, in hospitals. So spreading like wildfire in GP surgeries, in A&E. And you had, you know, you know, at that point, doctors and nurses beginning to die on, on the front line. And I was reporting these stories at the time, and it was just heartbreaking. You know, people were losing colleagues at the same time having to care for COVID patients. And this was a story that at the time really touched people. And there was considerable public rage about it, actually, because you had pictures going viral of doctors using sort of bin bags to protect themselves from COVID. And in a wealthy country, which pumps billions of pounds into its health service, you know, this just wasn't seen as acceptable. What do you make of the Moan Barrowman BBC interview? Well, I think their manner of dealing with this uh, has been very poor from the start. When you apologise, you also have to explain as well. And I don't think this is an apology that answers any questions. I think it throws a lot up, actually. The way that they've chosen to do this seems very calculated to me. So Michelle Moan and her husband, Doug Barrowman, chose to fund and commission their own YouTube documentary, which very much allowed them to own the narrative, despite them 
sort of presenting this documentary as a credible independent piece of journalism, which it, it certainly doesn't seem like. I think many people will feel as if she's only sorry because she's been caught. In the interview with Laura Koonsberg on Sunday, she lambasted kind of lies in the media. But she hasn't actually disproven anything that The Guardian or any other newspaper have said. So I don't think this will do anything to improve or, or rescue her reputation. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, Baroness Moan says what she did wasn't a crime, but was it ethical? Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Dan, what do we know about the investigations that are going on? The National Crime Agency is investigating Michelle Moan and they executed a search warrant um, at her home in London and, and the Isle of Man, as well as PPE Medpro's offices um, recently. This is an investigation that goes back quite a long time, so May 2021. And otherwise, you've had essentially the job of scrutinising this period has been left to law firms like the Good Law Project, who were among law firms that brought a case to the High Court, which ruled last year that the VIP lane was illegal. So the government, obviously, given that they've, you know, w- w- were actually in charge at the time, are quite keen to take the heat out of this and, and don't want to talk about it too much. And what's your view on their handling of this scandal, all those repeated rebuttals? Well, it was her choice to release the documentary. And obviously, this was going to kind of increase scrutiny over her. And, and the Sunday Times, has a very good deep dive into the documentary and how it was made and commissioned, published on Sunday, which effectively shows that <laughs> it was created to be to give the impression of being independent. But actually, many of the experts who were involved had no idea who was funding it. But I think e- even her closest supporters will feel that this has really backfired because um, this is something that really, really annoys the public. And it is part of a wider conversation about government waste during the pandemic. And ministers like to kind of throw numbers around, you know, 10 billion here, 15 billion there. But in relation to spending projects and things like that. But we lost nine billion pounds spent by the Department for Health and Social Care on faulty, rubbish, unusable equipment during the pandemic. And that could have been spent on something much, much better. The fact that this money has essentially just been lost and consigned to history, I think will annoy a lot of people. And Michelle Moan is is the face of this. So what's now for Baroness Moan, do you think? She says it wasn't a crime, but was it ethical? 
I certainly think this is the end for Michelle Moan because it's unclear if anyone is left that will defend her politically. As I said, you know, there isn't really, she hasn't really given us any answers on, on what happened and it doesn't seem like there is a justification that will please the public. Um, and some of the kind of noises coming out of Westminster today give us an idea of, um, you know, how little support she has. So Energy Minister Lord Callanan told Sky that she shouldn't return to the Lords her business reputation will also have been damaged by this. And of course, you've got an ongoing investigation by the National Crime Agency. And obviously, we can't say too much about that. But eventually, you know, that that will come to a conclusion. So it's hard to see how she can wriggle out of this, even despite trying to justify her actions. There's more on this story in the Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. We're back on Tuesday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.